Hello, Charmers. Welcome into another episode of Ms. Charm School Podcast. You got it. I'm your host, Sunday Eli. Thank you so much for joining me today. Come on in. Come on in. You know the drill. Grab you something sexy to drink, some infused water, or um, something a little bit more loosening. Hello? What could be more loosening than water? But y'all know what I mean. Come on in, come on in, kick off your shoes and relax your feet. It's time for us to get into this great conversation. I want to thank you for joining me for another episode. Thank you for sharing with your sister friends, your sister wives, your girls, your girlies, listening with your man, um, sharing with your aunties and cousins. I appreciate each and every one of you and for anything and everything that flows through me that happens to resonate with you in your life nuggets that you take with you I'm grateful genuinely to be used in that capacity to share with you so I'm so happy that you're here and for those of you who are new welcome those of you that are returning welcome uh, a little bit about Miss Charm School Podcast. Miss Charm School Podcast. I actually recently got a download on how to even simplify even further who Miss Charm School Podcast is for. But we've been rocking with the current definition of it's Miss Charm School Podcast is for women who are in transition from their womanhood into their queendom. What is womanhood? Well, womanhood is when you're really in your single season. It's in your selfish season. It's in your me season, as I love what Issa Rae said. And when you're in your womanhood, there's certain lessons that you have to learn and put into practice about putting yourself first, pampering yourself, filling your own tank up, um, finding what brings you pleasure in life and learning to set boundaries for yourself, learning what refuels you, what de depletes you, all those wonderful lessons that we learn in our single season, our season of our womanhood, where our decisions really only impact and affect ourselves. When you enter into your queendom, it's just the opposite. Your decisions, how you carry yourself, your thoughts, who you are, uh, your word, your decisions actually impact nations. Nations simply meaning by definition groups of people. So you can be in your queendom if you're in an elevated position of management at your current career field or in your job. Or you can be in your queendom in your marriage where your decisions affect your spouse or your significant other. You can be in your queendom as a mother of a child. You can be in your queendom in um, many other aspects <laughs> where you, your decisions, your, I was going to say decorum, but that's not really what I'm looking for, but your decisions, your way of being actually impacts other people's lives, right? Think about a queen, she sits on a throne, and when she's sitting on a throne, she has the ability to say life or death for someone and people around her will carry it out. And so the position in the elevated space of queendom is not something to take lightly. If you've been gifted the opportunity to be a mother or gifted the opportunity to be a wife or gifted the opportunity to lead other people in a corporate setting or even in your own business, that's not a mantle to be taken lightly. It's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. And in this space of Miss Charm School podcast, we talk about different tools and resources and ways of thinking. I have guests that come on the show and we talk about different ways to really elevate yourself in your queendom so that you can carry it out in a spirit of excellence and meet your divine assignment, what you were sent here to do and to do that in excellence so that you can leave an inheritance 
that is deposited into the earth and into the spirit realm for generations. Really the intangible, the incorruptible thing that lasts. You meeting your assignment. The history books may fade. They may burn up. They may drown. They, you know, CDs, music, the medium may change. We went from cassette tapes to record players, cassette tapes to CDs to now digital music. Like the method may change. The the actual um, medium may change. But you really want to leave a deposit in the earth that's incorruptible. And the best way to do that is to just meet your assignment, whatever you were sent here to do, to do that. As so eloquently Lauren London shared in a podcast with Miss Angie, I forget her last name, but she's a radio host. And Lauren London had said that after the passing of the love of her life or one of her life loves in um, Nipsey Hussle, she shared that whatever she's supposed to be doing, whatever her, her God-given assignment is, that she just wants to do that. Because ultimately, that is success. Ultimately, doing that is accomplishing your queendom, your goddess, what you were meant to do when you were sent here on earth to complete that is true fulfillment. And that manifests itself in many different ways, okay? So not to go too deep into that, but that's what Miss Charm School, that's who Miss Charm School is for. And if you've been called into this space, it's because you are called into a position of transferring from your womanhood into your queendom or you're in a different stage of your queendom or there's something here that drew you to this place in this space and there's something for you to receive so I ask you to open your ears open your heart be in a relaxed place you know be near a notebook if you want or take notes on your phone and just allow us to have some girl talk and for something to flow through me to deposit in your soul and in your spirit that you take with you in this season of your life to help you elevate to that next level that was a mouthful but thanks <laughs> thanks for going through that and flowing through that with me today is going to be a little bit more spiritual um, because that's just where I'm at right now in life and I wanted to start off by reading um, a scripture because right now I've been really focusing on belief and that sounds like something very simple but I want to read this to you um, and explain to you why belief has been so important to me as of late. So in the Bible, which I consider to be the highest level of truth and revelation, one of the, it's not the only, but one of the highest levels of truth and inspiration because I believe in God and I believe that the Bible is God-inspired text. And so, um, yes, in Mark 11, verse 24 I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. And I want to reread that again. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. And I've been thinking about that verse and meditating on that verse. And it's such a simple verse. Part one, you can pray for anything. That's not, that's number one. Number two, if you believe that you have received it, part three, it will be yours. And so I've really been focusing on that middle piece because how many of you are like me? You have been praying or you know how to pray, or even if you feel like you don't know how to pray, but how many of you have felt like you have been asking God for things? I hear people saying, amen. I see people raising their hands in my mind. Um, a lot of us ask God for lots of things, right? 
And how many of us are experiencing that gap between what you have prayed for and it will be yours? You pray for something and you're expecting that it will be yours. But the part that I think that I've been running past is if you believe that you received it. And that sounds so simple. Like the verse is so simple, right? If you believe that you've received it. And many of, many of us, with, and myself included, would say, yes, I believe that I have received it. I believe. We say, I believe. I Sometimes all throughout the day, I tell myself, I believe. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I believe. I believe. I believe in myself. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I believe. Thank you, God. I believe. Constantly having gratitude on my tongue, constantly affirming to my outer world that I believe. I believe in God. I believe in the promises of God over my life. I believe in myself. I believe in my abilities. I believe I've been equipped to go for it, to move, to to create my world from my words and from my mental picturing, to take something from the intangible, the from the metaphysical world and bring it into the tangible, into the physical reality of space through word, through imaging, through picturing, through meditation, through writing, through journaling, all those things, okay? And I get really deep into that. I'm currently reading a book on metaphysics while well, I'm listening to the audiobook. Okay, I'm not actually reading it, but I'm listening to the audiobook on metaphysics around the mind and energy and all these different things. So I'm like really deeply into that stuff, okay? And so I've been studying this for a couple of weeks and probably longer than that. I've probably been studying it for years. I didn't know I was studying it, but I've been intentionally studying it for a couple of weeks. And... Um, Nope, I, I hear the Holy Spirit correcting me. I have been studying this for a couple of years through different teachers, through different books that I've read. And now I've just been seriously focusing on metaphysics for the last couple of weeks. And it brought me back to this scripture. When you pray, you should have it. When you pray, you should have it. And I think that's, even though that's not the scripture, the piece in between, it's comma, sandwiched in between pray and have it, is if you believe that you received it. And we run past that. We pray and then we expect that we have it. We pray, we ask God, and then we expect to have it. But Mark eleven twenty four specifically says that you have to believe that you have received it. And I don't know about you, but for me, especially growing up in the church, Sometimes we just say, well, I believe I received it. Boom, and it's done. But that's not, that's not it. The work between praying, asking God for it, and asking God is a question mark. Sometimes when people are praying, yes, I just said, I feel somebody say, hold on, say that again. Okay, when you're praying, and specifically the scripture says when you're praying, you should be asking. I, I like to remind people that it should be a question mark on the end of your ask. When you're asking anyone for something, usually there's a question mark on the end of the question, right? Would you like some water? Would you like to take a nap? Right? There's usually a question. So sometimes when people are praying, they're just talking to God. And that's cool if you just want to talk to God and share with God, you know, where you are, or what's going on in your life or what you're frustrated about and venting or, you know, getting um, frustration off of your chest or sadness out of your, your chest or trying to move that energy through your body. God is big enough to handle your anger, your frustration, your sadness, whatever emotion that you're going through. God is big enough to handle it. But oftentimes, 
we don't even realize that one, we're not asking God. <laughs> so that's the first thing in prayer. I like to remind myself to ask God, you know, God, you know, what should I do in this particular situation in my life? Question mark. God, where should I live? Where should I move? Who should I call? Where is my next opportunity? What would you have me to ask you? God, I don't even know what to ask you. What would you have me to ask you right now? God, what are my blind spots? God, what keeps tripping me up? What is in the way between getting I have it and my prayer? What is in the way? Question mark, right? So once you ask God your questions, another, uh, okay, I feel led to kind of share my prayer formula. So I try to remember to ask God questions. When I ask God questions, this is why my I always say my sacred time includes prayer and meditation, because after I pray, I also I like to sit in meditation, quiet stillness with a journal nearby. So when I'm asking God questions, I can wait and literally listen for a response. And when you're listening for a response, sometimes your your mind is going to feed you all kinds of answers because you're finally being still enough to even hear yourself think. But sometimes you have to tell your mind, shh, be quiet, shh, be quiet. I'm listening for God. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. God, speak. I know you have an answer for my question. I'm so grateful for the answer to my question. And you will literally get an answer. And even if it's not right then in that moment, sometimes I go to sleep, I go to bed at night. When I wake up in the morning, I have the answer. You know, I'm waking up at three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, one o'clock in the morning, and I'm writing stuff down in my journal because I have an answer. So my prayer practice, and it is a practice, it's a muscle. It's like working out. It's like getting up and fixing yourself healthy foods. It's a lifestyle and a lifestyle has to be practiced routinely as a ritual again and again and again until it becomes second nature. So that's a part of my literal prayer practice is really asking God questions, sitting and waiting for answers, knowing that sometimes the answer doesn't come right then when you ask, but knowing that the answer is on the way. Sometimes your brain's too busy. Sometimes you have too many things on your mind. Sometimes, you know, there's all of different types of factors. And sometimes you need to literally get really still. For me, sleep is extremely still, but I'm still enough and my mind's quiet enough for me to then source the answer or manifest the answer or hear the answer from God. So that was for someone who um, wanted to clearly have a little bit of clarity around how they can enhance their prayer life and hear things from God. That's one way to bring it into a daily practice into your life. So when you are asking God and praying, there is a gap between having it and the prayer. And that is in Mark 11, according to Mark eleven twenty four, is believing that you have received it. Now, this is so powerful. And I've been meditating on this because belief is, um, I have a, a spiritual coach that always says, believe is be, B-E, like I am, B, and then live, L-I-V. They like to break down believe as be, live. I love that definition because it reminds you that belief is something that you act out. Belief is like faith. Faith is having hope in something that you don't yet see before you. And when you have that hope, 
and you are believing or uh, another uh, the same spiritual coach likes to say make believing when you think of a child and the bible does say that the kingdom of heaven is like a child right so when you and um, the super bowl just passed and there was a christian commercial i believe it was a christian commercial and they had a bunch of different videos of kids and it was trying to explain um the kingdom of heaven actually and i know that probably went over a lot of people's heads like what is this commercial but for someone who has studied the sacred scriptures for her whole life i understood exactly what they meant the kingdom of god is like a child you have to believe in god like a child so i love this the way that this spiritual teacher explains belief so be live right and we think of a child and a child is make-believing Let's say a child is imagining they are a samurai fighter or a pilot or a princess or having tea time, you know, whatever it is. The child is so into it. They're having conversations. Sometimes they get dressed up. Even if they're not dressed up, they might imagine their mind that they're dressed up. Imagination is so powerful. Another way to break down the word imagination is image nation. The images that you're able to create in your mind the nations of images that you're able to create in your mind, image nation. And children, this is why it's so important. Like sometimes I get a little bit um, irritated when I see people uh, constantly sticking technology in front of their kids or in front of their nieces and nephews and that sort of thing. And I know that sometimes they have a lot of energy and we just want them to be quiet for 30 minutes so we can think (laughs) as adults. But sometimes um, this newer generation of children You have to really be careful with that because some of them, their imagination is shot. Um, And I won't give the personal example that I'm thinking of, but if I'm ever babysitting a child or playing with a child, I really, I love coming up with scenarios and imagining stuff with them. And it's interesting how uh, the last couple of times I've done that, I've told kids like, uh, let's say, okay, one example, there's a little girl that I saw a couple weeks ago and she was showing me her favorite toy, which was a stuffed animal. And I asked her, I said, what is the toy? What is its name? And she just looked at me. And then she literally looked at the tag, <laughs> like the uh, factory tag on the stuffed animal. And she obviously couldn't find a name. So then she's looking at the tag and then she looks back at me and she says, it doesn't have, it doesn't have a name. I said, well, you have to give it a name. And you could just see her whole face light up. And then she's looking and she's trying to figure out a name. And she said rainbow. And then she said superhero or whatever the name was, right? And I just played along with her. And oh my God, that's awesome. I love that name. You know, whatever. But the point is, is that children today, they have to be encouraged to have imagination. They have to be encouraged. We can learn so much from children around the ability to create images in our brain. And the reason why this is powerful is because images in your brain connected to an Eastern culture, the third eye, is where you have your inner vision. It's where you can practice taking dreams that are not yet manifested in the physical world and you can create image nations in your mind out of the metaphysical, out of a real energetic kinetic energy, do you know that they can measure your brain waves? They can. It's like when you take a lie detector test and there's a scale going off and it's it's feeling the energy in your body, right? From just your energy, from just your thoughts, from just your word reaction. So thoughts can actually be literally measured on a scale in modern day technology. 
So you're taking something from the metaphysical energetic world. You think about God being a spirit. God, if you believe in the creation story, created the world by just speaking words. A spirit that's not seen used the vibrational energy of word and sound to create everything that's in existence. And if you believe that you're made in the image of the creator, which is what I believe, then you can understand that your mind, your thoughts are actually things. They're real energetic, kinetic energy, measurable waves that are constantly creating the reality around you. And if you want to change any aspect of your reality around you, you can by tapping into the power of the metaphysical and creating it into your reality. See all the work that goes in between praying for something and then having it, okay? So there's work to be done in between that scripture, and that is the belief part. So if you think about a child and you think about them make-believing something, they get fully into it, okay? They're talking about it. They're imagining it. They're bringing other people into their world. They're sitting down pouring imaginary uh, tea from a tea kettle into teacups. Like they have a whole, their own world going on. And nobody can tell them that they're not serving tea right now. Nobody can tell them, okay? Because they're in their imagination. And that's what it takes. You have to have that type of innocent childlike belief. When you are praying for something and asking God for something, you have to literally put it on. You have to be live it. You have to put on the clothes, put on the attitude, put on the energy, put on the smile, put on the imagination, sit for me, it's also sitting in meditation and creating the image in my mind. And every day when I do that again and again and again and again and again, that image is becoming stronger, more powerful, more powerful, more powerful. And then boop, one day I'll be waking up living in my world of reality and my reality will match what I've been speaking and what I've been imaging within myself. That is a very quick <laughs> a rundown of how to practice be living believing and there's many other ways but that's one active way those are some ways that I practice be leaving be living right so that scripture says when you pray believe that you have received it that's the other piece of it and you will have it so from the two important ingredients of that scripture are be live and receive, which goes back to that imagination, which goes back to practicing, which goes back to that childlike behavior of imagining that it's already done. And that's the work of that scripture, Mark eleven twenty four. And so something, the real thing that I wanted to share with you is get in the game. And I may title this podcast that get in the game. So as I've been in my own personal practice of meditation and be living and practicing, putting on the clothes of it and receiving it, I recently, today, looked up a picture of a mustard seed because there's also another scripture and I will try to find where it's located because I don't know off the top of my head. It might be in Mark as well, but there's a scripture that talks about if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be uprooted and move from here to there, right? Something along those lines. And I'll try to find it right now for you. But I decided to look up mustard seed. And when I looked up a mustard seed and I saw how small it was, 
I literally imagined. Hold on, I'm looking for the scripture right now. Yep, it is in Matthew. Okay, so Matthew 17, 20, and I will just read it for you. Matthew 17, 20 from the New Living Translation says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible to you. Ooh, that's so powerful. Let me read that again. Matthew 17 to 20. You do not have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. No thing, nothing would be impossible to you. How powerful is that? We hear, for those of us that are actively in the church, we hear these scriptures all the time, but like to really study them and break them down is just so powerful. So um, reading these two verses, this is what came to me in my practice today. I, I have been believing God for something and praying and asking God for it. And I've been practicing the belief of it. And that scripture came to me like, you don't have no faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please me. And I uh, know several stories in the Bible where, you know, there are people that believed God, they had faith and they were healed. Their lives were changed and transformed because they just believed that God could do it, that Jesus could heal them or change their life or heal their loved one. And there's so many times in scripture where Jesus says, go, your faith has made you whole. Go, your faith, your faith, your faith. And so that came back to me today. And I was like, okay, God, I got to get my faith in alignment. I got to get this faith thing right. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What you're believing, what you're believing that you have already received, that's faith. So pray, faith, have it. <laughs> pray, faith have it but faith is the work it is real work like just saying that you have faith just saying that you believe something is not enough okay let me break this down for you it can manifest in okay god i believe that this is you know my season for promotion on my job right and I'm believing for that. And I have my affirmations and I'm saying them and I'm meditating on it and whatever, right? But then you, every other week, see a job online and you're applying to jobs and, you know, you're telling people that, oh, you're frustrated and you're looking for a different job, but you're believing God. I believe, I believe God's going to give me a promotion. But your actions, your be-livingness, you're putting on the clothes, you're make-believe like a child, you're not fully in it. You're not. And this is why in that scripture, Jesus says, like, you don't have no faith. <laughs> if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, no thing would be impossible to you. You could move mountains figuratively in your life, mountains, things that are look impossible. But Jesus was literally saying, like, you could tell this physical mountain move from here to there. I don't see nobody moving mountains out here. I don't see nobody speaking the boulders in uh, Nevada and moving them just with their words. Our faith is so shot. So one thing that I did today was I looked up this uh, picture of a mustard seed in between a person's hands. They were holding it. And I got that image and I lasered it into my mind where I could see it with my eyes closed. On the black screen of my mind, I could see myself holding a mustard seed. I could see my nails 
pinching the seed. I could see the seed in the palm of my hand and I just looked at it. I just kept staring at it in meditation. I was just looking at it in my mind's eye. And I said, look at how small you are. I started laughing to myself. Like, that's all the faith I need to believe. That's all the faith I need for my situation to turn around. That's all the faith that I need is this little tiny thing. And so then I started going back over the things that I'm praying for and believing God for. And I was putting the picture in my mind and I was seeing it and I was walking through it and I was smelling it and literally putting on the make-believeness of a child. And then every time I kept telling myself, I would ask myself in the middle of the vision, do you believe this? And I couldn't connect it at first. And then I would say, look at the seed. Do you, can you have that much belief? Just look at the mustard seed. And I would hold it in my mind's eye. And I would hold that little tiny seed. And I would say, can you believe this much for that vision? And then something in me would say, yes. And I would laugh at myself like, this seed is so small. I can definitely believe that much for it. And I kept doing that with every single thing I'm believing God for right now. I would compare the vision of what I'm believing God for to the seed. I would compare the vision to the seed. And I would ask myself, can you have this much faith? Because if you can, nothing is impossible until you can have it, if you can have this much faith. And some stuff took time. Some stuff took time. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to hold you. There's people that I'm believing God to do miracles in their life. You know, I'm thinking about my father, for example, who's been battling cancer and, and dis-ease in his body. And I'm, I'm looking, I can see him sick in the hospital and the high, I can see all those pictures in my mind. And I would hold that picture up next to the seed in my hand. I'm like, can I believe God for complete total restoration, the size of this mustard seed for my father? Can I believe that? look at the mustard seed. And I would go back and look at it, go back and look at it in my mind, go back and look at it. Can I believe God this much? And sometimes your whole body will tell you exactly where you are in faith because your body will say, ah, well, you think about this and think about that and think about this. And you have all these different excuses and reasons that come up. And those are the weeds that are choking your, and you will have it. Those are the weeds that are choking your garden of actually manifesting and walking into the manifestation of what you're praying and asking God for. But I just love the fact that I serve an amazing God that's a, the weeds are nothing. Once they popped up in my life, I just said, okay, pluck. <laughs> this is the beautiful thing about my image nation. I can pluck them all at the same time. And they can be gone just like that. And I look back at the seed and I said, I believe God this much. That's all you're asking me for right now is mustard seed. And if it grows bigger than that to where it's a, a rock in my hand or the size of a crystal or the size of a basketball, great. But right now you're just asking me to have faith of a mustard seed. And so I had to start comparing the things that I'm believing God for and praying God and praying to God about. I had to believe them in comparison to a mustard seed. I had to compare them and sit them side by side, the vision side by side. And that was a very powerful exercise for me to do today. And every time I kept thinking about it and I finally connected it and I found that I had the faith the size of a mustard seed for the vision I had been holding in my, in my mind, in my belief, in my faith, it just came over me. I just start saying outside of my mouth, I get in the game. And that's really the message. I said all of that to say, <laughs> 
the message that I really want to share with you, men and women who are listening, is get in the game. Stop taking yourself out of the game. There's so many of you that are believing for things in your life. There's so many of you that you want to buy houses. Those of you who have houses, you want to get married. Those of you who are married in houses, you want to expand to a family. Those of you who you think you need all these different things. But the reality is the only thing you need is faith. The only thing you need is belief. That's all you need. Sure, there may be steps you need to take. Okay, cool. I hear somebody saying, that's not all you need. Some of you need to go apply for a loan. Okay, cool. But in order for you to even go into the bank or go into the credit union or wherever, go ask a family member for the loan, guess what you need to do? You need to have the faith. You need to have belief. You need to make believe. And not from a place of fear or a place of lack or a place where weeds are choking out your harvest in your garden, but from a place of true faith. The size of a mustard seed is all you need. You need to have a true groundbreaking revelation that it can, you can have it, that it is yours. Because if you have the faith, the scripture now, and I believe that the divine scriptures are more real than the clothes on your body. They're more real than the house. You live in a man-made house, <laughs> okay? God's word is more real than anything that man's hands have made. It's more real than the paper. It's more real than whatever de device you're listening to this on. And just as you can hear my voice, his word is more real than that. God's word, she, he, whatever. God's, I don't want you to get caught up on that, me using he. But God's word is more real than any man-made anything. So when you speak those words, you're speaking eternal divine truth that never doesn't profit. It always profits, always. So people are, you know, even myself, okay, well, if I understand that the word always profits, that it is guaranteed, why am I not experiencing what I'm praying for? Faith. Just what Jesus said, you don't have faith. <laughs> and we think that we do. I know I definitely think that I do. But I had to realize that mm -mm, there's things that have been choking my garden of belief. All the things, all of the, all of the gunk in our world that says, well, look at this and look at the statistics and look at the numbers and look at this and this is happening and this is happening. Oh, those are all weeds choking your garden of make-believe. You are the creator of your world. You are made in the image of God. You're an earthly God. You create your literal reality. You can override it. There are people that over that are there are people that have faced all types of drastic obstacles in life, but at some point they broke through. And what really broke through was their faith. Their faith. And even if people broke through and they didn't really believe they just happened to walk into something, if they sustained whatever it is that they walked into, they sustained it through faith, through belief. Yes, they did. And sometimes things are timing. But if you have that faith the size of a mustard seed, you have to know that you know that you know that it is coming back profitable to you. It is not returning void. God's word does not return void. It accomplishes that which it sets out to accomplish. Ooh, I'm preaching today. So if you can have faith, belief, make belief, that you will receive the size of a mustard seed, whatever vision, whatever hope you have in your life, you have to know that you know that you know that you know that you know that it's already done. But you have to pluck up those weeds. 
because those weeds are what scripture says is a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and he should expect to receive no thing from the Lord. Because if you're saying, well, I want to date and I want to do this or I want to get married, but these are all the reasons why it's not going to happen or it's not happening for me, you're being double-minded even if you're in the church, even if you love the Lord, even if you read the scripture every day, pray every day, and you're wondering why it's not happening for you. You're being double-minded in your belief. You're canceling out the thing that you're asking God for because you have no faith. You're believing for faith. You want to have faith, but you don't have faith. And I'm saying that out of a gentle place of love because I'm saying it to myself. I've been doing a lot of laboring and praying and prayer and meditation, all these things. And the scripture came to me so gently like, hey, girl, compare yourself to a compare that vision to a mustard seed. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> I started to feel like, mm, I haven't really believed this. I have hope, but have I really believed it? Have I believed it in comparison to the size of a mustard seed? So I just want to share that with you today. And I want to share with you, don't take yourself out of the game. So many of us, I love you, my sister, my brother, but you're taking yourself out of the game. Don't put yourself, don't bench yourself. Because you can't hold the faith of a mustard seed. Imagine a mustard seed. Go buy yourself a mustard They literally sell them in the stores. Like go to a whole food store or something like that. They sell whole kernels of mustard seed. You're going to see how small it is. You're going to laugh when you see how small it is. And you say, that's the, oh, I only need to have that level of faith. Can I make a three-point shot? Can I, can I shoot from half court and swish every time? You can if you hold this, the faith of a mustard seed. Even when I just said that, an image came in my mind and I can see the mustard seed and I can see myself with the basketball standing half court. I haven't. I don't have the faith the size of a mustard seed that I can make the shot. I don't. And guess what? I won't make it. <laughs> I don't have the faith for that. Even a mustard seed, which is so small, because I have so many thoughts going on in my brain, even just saying that out loud. I'm like, well, I'm a girl. Well, I tried to play basketball when I was in high school. I didn't like it. It's too rough. This is, you see how far I am from this thing? I don't have no technique. I haven't practiced like all these, that's choking, 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 choking faith, choking it, choking your belief. You could also say that those are negative belief systems and those negative belief systems are hardwired into your mental computer device. And guess what? Your computer programming keeps defaulting, 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 defaulting to what you've put on the hard drive. Ooh, ouch. Ooh, ouch. So my brother, my sister, my loves, women who are trying to be in your queendom, there are so I'm having an image right now in my brain. There are so many blessings right above your head. It's literally like right there, waiting, hovering over your life, waiting for you to just grab hold of them, things that you've prayed for, but they can't enter into the orbit of your reality because there's stuff on your hard drive that's choking it out. You're defaulting to a system that's not working for you and you're frustrated so stop taking yourself out of the game. Stop benching yourself. Do the work of believing. 
put in a practice of make-believing, put in a practice of going, go buy a mustard seed on Amazon, get it shipped to your house. You don't even have to leave your house if you don't want to. Get it shipped to your house. Go look up a picture if you can't even afford to do that. It's free to look up a picture on your phone. Find a picture of someone holding a mustard seed and see how small it is and laugh at yourself like I did today and say, oh my God, this is all I need. I just need this level of faith to believe for this job, to believe for this raise, to believe for this new car, to believe for this house. Let me practice that and just practice it. Nobody has to know. You don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to tell anybody. I'm believing for a house. I'm pr- Every day I get up, I practice a must. I look at a mustard seed and I say, that, that's my house. I believe I have my house. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't need to know how it's going to happen. I just believe the size of this mustard seed that I have my house. Look how small this is. I, of course, I can give that level of faith to this dream that I have. Just do that every day, morning and night. Do it when you wake up in the morning and do it when you go to bed at night, every night. Nobody has to know. And I guarantee you something in you is going to change over time. It's going to click and you're really going to have the faith for it. And then you're going to find yourself clipping out pictures of houses. And then you're going to find yourself one day, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to drive by a house. And you're going to see a for sale sign. You're going to say, mm, that looks nice. And then one day you may even feel like you have the faith to walk in the house, even though you don't, you know you don't have the money. You know you don't have the money. But you just feel like, I don't know, I just want to go see it. And you're going to have a faith enough to walk in the house just to go look at it. And then next thing you know, you never know, you're, you might be moving in next year two years from now, three years from now. I don't know how much time it's going to take for it to happen. Six months from now, three weeks from now. But the point is to practice the faith. Ooh, this is such an amazing episode. I feel the virtue. I feel the joy in sharing this with you. I feel the love in sharing this with you. I'm excited for what you're getting ready to walk into. Blessings and abundance and marriages and homes and jobs and promotions and raises and living back close to your family and uh, raising your kids and bringing children to the world and being great moms and great dads. Like I just, I can see all of it for you, but it takes the practice of be living, believing that you have received in order to do that, you got to practice putting that mustard seed faith into the ethos of your world and your reality. And if you want to stay quiet about it, that's your business. As our sister friend Tabitha says, that's your business, okay? That's your business. You don't have to tell nobody that you're practicing faith, but just do it. What do you have to lose? The only thing you have to lose is to take yourself out and to reason yourself in your mental brain to put yourself on the bench and take yourself out of the game. Don't take yourself out of the game. Get into the game. Get into the game of faith. Get into the game of believing. Get into the game of believing that you have received it and ye shall have it. You will have it. I believe for you, my sister. I believe for you, my brother. I believe for you, my friend. I believe for you, my lover. Go and get in the game. I love you guys so much, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.